Hallelujah. So good to see everybody out on this morning. Glory. Matthew chapter 9. And we're going to pick up in verse um, 19. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 9. If you're there, say amen. Matter of fact, let's pick up in verse 20. It says, and suddenly a, a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and she touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. And Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now drop down to verse 28. It says, and when he had come into the house, the blind men who, who came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. Today I want to preach a message called, it's on you. It's on you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's on you. Look at your other neighbor and say, it's on you. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you how you've already moved during time of worship. Now, God, for these next 35 minutes or so, speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, it's on you. If you want to win in life, it's on you. If you want to see God move in your situations, really, it's, it's on you. You know, you hear the term, I'm just waiting on God. Well, sometimes God is waiting on you. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, if you draw near to God, he says, then I will draw near to you. Sometimes you have to initiate your, your blessing, amen? Nothing just happens, and I've learned this over the years, that nothing comes without a struggle, amen? And so let's look at this real quick. Let's look at this. Let's go back to verse uh, 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 20. It says, suddenly a, a woman who had this flow of blood for, for 12 years, she came from behind and she touched the hem of his garment. A lot of times we put a lot of emphasis on the hem, but how many of you know she touched him? One touch from him can change your whole situation. So she touched the hem, H-E-M, but really she touched him, H-I-M. And we know that because she touched him, God changed her situation, amen? Because how many of you know one touch from God can change your predicament, amen? One touch. You can, all of us can relate to that. We know that when our situation shifted, it was because God touched our situation. Come on, there's been people in this, in this building, even right now, there's been times where you had, you had more bills than money. And God touched your financial state. Can I get a witness up in there? And then you begin to think, wait a minute. My, David said, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never, somebody say never, seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Amen. So all of us have been in some type of predicament where we know, man, God touched my situation. Come on. Some of you in this building, your relationship, come on. Your marriage was shot, but God touched your marriage. Come on, somebody. Touch your situation. Amen. Come on, some of us have been between jobs. <laughs> I, got a, I got one hallelujah. <laughs> but she knew she was just in transition. She realized that sometime in order for God to open up big, sometime he got to shut down small. Come on, somebody. And he touched somebody else's heart, got less hours, lesser hours, and more pay. Won't he do it? I'm telling you, I'm going to get me a shirt that say, won't he do it? Well, you're going to see me young, going to see me pull up in here in March with a won't he do it shirt. 
Amen. But look at this. So, 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 so he tells her, look at this in verse 21. For she said to herself, if only I may touch the, his garment. She knew it was on her. She knew for 12 years she had been hemorrhaging. She had this flow of blood for 12 years. Let's not forget under the Levitical law back then, she wasn't even supposed to go in public because of the stench that was on her. But she made a decision that day to break the rules because she's like, wait a minute, I got to seize the moment. So she began to press her way through the crowd, amen? Even one translation, Jesus said, who touched me? And the, the disciples had to be like, Lord, you got a lot of people touching you. He said, wait, no, no, no. Somebody touched me. I didn't, somebody then tapped in. He said, because I felt virtue leave my body. And then he looked and saw her trembling, and he looked at her. And let's look what he says. He just tells her, your faith. He told her, he said, uh, be of good cheer, daughter. Your, your faith, your faith, your confidence, your trust, you relying on God has made you well. Then it says, and, and, and the woman was made well from that hour. I believe that's a word for somebody in this building because I believe God is about to change your hour. Somebody walked in here today and you've been going through an hour of disappointment. God's about to change your hour. Somebody walked in this building and you're going through an hour of letdown. An hour where your money's not touching in the grin. But I got a word for somebody today that God is about to change your hour. If God changed this woman's hour, God is in the business of changing people's hour. Somebody need to give God a praise that something is getting ready to shift concerning your hour. I know I always refer to this, but I remember 11 years and two months ago, the hour I was in was having church and a swap meet with 37 people. But when people made fun of kingdom and called us the swap meet church, I knew that my hour was going to change. Uh-huh, now look at the hour I'm in now. See, now my critics aren't laughing anymore. Because I kept working my faith. I knew it was on me. I knew that if I kept walking by faith and not by sight, I realized that, 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 that my answer was connected to the level of faith that I walked in. And I realized that if I keep going from faith to faith and from glory to glory, that my hour would change somebody need to give God a praise that your hour didn't stay the same but God loves you so much that he moved to that hour you were in people wrote you off how many of you can think back to when people wrote you off in certain hours of your life I'll never forget, there was an hour in my life where my dad, and bless his heart, but he told my wife when I was 24, he said, get an insurance policy on me because he won't live to be 25. I remember that hour. Oh, but I stand before you at 44. I'm still alive. I, I, I'm not going to sleep yet. I got work to do in God's kingdom. Jesus said, I must the words of heaven who sent me while it is day for the night coming no man can work somebody need to give God a praise you're still standing because all of us had an hour 
the time, all of us have had an hour that you almost had a nervous breakdown. Some of us have had an hour where you almost quit, but you made up in your mind, I'm going to work my faith. Somebody give God a praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, it's on you. It's on you. It's on you. How bad do you want it? It's on you. Do you really want to win in life? It's on you. Uh-huh. Before the night is over, there's going to be a winner. Be it Carolina or Denver, there's going to be a winner. Somebody's going to win on the field. But how's that hour when you get off the field? It's one thing to win on the field, another thing to win in life. Mm-hmm. I tell my sons all the time, they want to go to the NFL. I tell them the NFL means not for long. Now, if you make it, don't forget the church. Pay it off. Praise him. I would love for that hour to come. But I tell my boys all the time, you better make sure you major in something. Because you can't major in football your whole life. Because again, that means not for long. That means temporary. You feeling me? Amen. But look, listen, look at this. This, this woman, he said, this hour, he said, basically, you had this hour because of your faith. See, your faith will cause you to step into a new hour. Come on, man. We've been on this building for a, a month and a few days. <laughs> we stepped into a new hour because we came in here leasing. But we came here saying above only and not beneath the head and not the tail. Because if you say it, you will see it. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 21 that death and life is in the power of the tongue. Open up your mouth and say it. There it is right there, death and life. Choose this day who you're going to serve, death or life. But look at this again. It says, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well. She was made well from that hour. Look at your neighbor and say, it is well. It is well with me. I bet you she was like, my God in heaven. Twelve-year struggle. She knew it was on her, though. She wasn't just sitting around, well, I hope he come to my house. Please, sometimes you got to get where you, from where you are and get in the crowd. Come on, somebody. I don't like crowds. Listen, you better get in the crowd. Sometimes your breakthrough is connected to the crowd. I don't like traffic, but you know, you're, 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 you being in traffic, your blessing is connected to the traffic. Because you got to get to work. Can I get a witness, somebody? Nobody gets a traffic. I'm going to turn around and go home. Well, then go home. We're going to see how them bills get paid. I hate traffic. That's a good time to shandai and all that in the car. Start a prayer ministry in your car. Why you bumper the bumper. Don't shut your eyes, though. Let me just put that out there real quick. The Bible says, watch and pray. Well, we'll cover that today. That's going to be a part of my second point today. But let me finish my first point. Drop down to verse uh, 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 27. It says, Jesus departed from there. Two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. 
And when, when, and, and when uh, he had come into the house, the blind man uh, uh, came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Now, these are blind men. Look at verse 27. It says these blind men followed him. Now, isn't it interesting that blind men were following Jesus? You probably wonder, Pastor, they was blind, but they could hear and smell. Come on, somebody. Because when you're blind, all of a sudden your hearing goes to another level. Can I get a witness? They like, I bet you they could hear Jesus talking to the disciples, and here they are. They was like, we following him. See, what I love about these two blind men, they weren't victims. Some people get in the predicament and become a victim. But these men made up in their mind, I'm not staying blind all my life. Even some of us in this building, come on, when you was bound by drugs, you was like, this stuff then blinded me, but I can't stay here. I, my hours got to change. I cannot die like this. I cannot go out like this. Because you even know it's on you. You got to work your faith. So look at this. As we go back to this, it says, do you believe do you believe? That word believe means are you convinced that I'm able, in other words, that I have the capability to do this? Look at their response. They said, yeah, they said to him, yes, Lord. See, you got to have a yes, Lord in your spirit before it even manifests. You've been believing God for that job and you're still working where you are currently, you better have a yes, Lord, in your spirit. Like, you know what? This is just temporary. That my situation is subject to change. I know my raise is coming. I know my promotion is coming. I'm going to step out by faith. If I got to go start my own company, if I got to go write my own book, because I know that there's a book on the inside of me. Jesus. I guess after the 8 o'clock, because I told them y'all ain't hitting it enough. Now they overkill. They don't know where to go. <laughs> I think I scared them a little bit, but now it, then woke everybody up. You didn't even need Starbucks this morning. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you got some organ bucks. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Let me get back to my point. <laughs> Well, y'all got me weak up in here. <laughs> SMH. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> All right, shift, shift. Okay. In order for God to move in your situation, you got to have a yes in you. Before God even does it, they said, yes, Lord. Now, it's interesting that uh, about a year or two ago, uh, a lot of people in the entertainment world, in the sports world, when they would get interviewed, they would always end some of their interviews by being like, yes, Lord. Remember that? Well, how would they spell Lord? L-L-A-W-D. Then they even had shirts out. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You heard that all the time. And basically, they were quoting the scripture. Because before you can get touched, before God can shift your hour, you got to have a yes, Lord. They said, Jesus even said, do you believe? And they said, yes, Lord. In other words, doubt was nowhere on the radar. There was no unbelief on their radar. They believed, they were convinced that God was able. Do I have anybody at the 930 service that you're convinced that God is able, that, that he has the capability 
to move in your blind situation. You've seen him already move before, and if he did it before, he can do it again. If you receive that, somebody give God a hand praise in this place. And then look what the next verse says. Put it up, put it up. Look at this. It says, then, 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 after they said, yes, Lord, then, you want God to do a then in your life? You got to have a yes, Lord, in your spirit. Then, he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, according to your faith. Look at your neighbor and say, it's on you. He told them straight up, it was according to your faith. Because you had a yes, Lord, in your spirit. Then he moved according to your faith. You want God, you want to win in life? It's according to your faith. That's why the Bible says the poor will always remain with us. It didn't say that because God wrote them off because he knew they wouldn't work their faith. There are people that me and you know that are in our families. They ain't trying to work their faith. They want you to take care of them. All of a sudden, I become a big preacher in the state. All of a sudden, third cousin is calling. Fourth Sunday, a fourth cousin calling. Want me to give them the money that you gave to the church. I said, no, nah, brother, I need you to get you some food. You need some groceries. Because I know, I know you still got habits. I'm not sowing into your drug habit. Just because I'm a pastor does not mean I'm passive. Even Jesus had Peter with him, a gangster. Can I get a witness up? Oh, y'all ain't ready for me this morning. Peter cutting off ears and Jesus like, here go Peter again. He put the ear back on. You better not lose all your thug. Come on, somebody. You better keep a little gangster in you. You better have a little Peter blood on the inside of you. Be like, look at here. You ain't about to take me to the cleaners. I work hard for mine. I'll buy you some groceries. You want a hot dog? We go right up in this AMPM. Come on, somebody. I remember one time years ago, I was in my early 20s. I blessed this man with $20, and I thought I did this big gesture, you know, because you know, the Bible says when you get to the poor, he said, God said, I'll repay, and I'm just feeling good, and I'm pumping my gas. And then he come walking out with some Miller, talking about, hey, thanks again. He didn't walk out the store, y'all, with some Miller. Beer. And I'm like, wait a minute. He just took that $20. So it wasn't easy to diagnose what kind of problem he had. He was an alcoholic. So I'm thinking, I just sold into a mess. So now when they come up to me and I'm pumping my gas, my wife knows, oh, I need some money. Come on, I, I, you need some Doritos? You need a hot dog and a big gulp? Come on. You want an Icy? Come on, somebody. And then they look at me like Scooby-Doo, like, no, I ain't giving you no money. You want some food or you want me to put some gas in your car? I've done that. Can I get it? We, we, we put some, we'll put some gas in my car. I'm trying to get back to, uh, I'm trying to get the Yuma. We're going to gas you up then because I ain't giving you no money. How'd I get on that anyway? Oh, don't be letting people take you to the cleaners after you, God done gave you a raise and God done blessed you and he blessed you according to your faith. 
and then all of a sudden you're giving your surplus and your overflow to a knucklehead. But he my cousin. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe you're helping enable that person. Oh, I know how I got on there. The poor will always remain. But it's, how many of you believe this? Life is what you make it. Life is what you make it. Now, we need God's help. He's there to aid you. He's there to assist you. And I believe in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I live on that text because it's him that gives me the strength to obtain things in life that seem like that were not feasible. But it also boils down to your faith. It said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And then it says, he opened up their eyes. So the next verse says, and their eyes were open. God want to open up some things in your life, but it's according to your faith. So that's my first point today is it's on you to work your faith if you want to win in life. Second point, go to um, um, Mark chapter 14. Go to Mark uh, uh, chapter 14. Look at this real quick. Mark chapter 14. Let's pick up in verse 32. Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he, he said to his disciples, uh, sit here while I pray. Now, you got to remember, Gethsemane is, called, is, is one of the definitions means a place of pressure. Because this is where Jesus is before he's taken by his betrayers and so on and so forth. But it says he's in this place called named Gethsemane, which means place of pressure. One translation even means oil press. Then it says, and, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And, and, he, and he took J Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little, little further and he fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible that the hour might pass from him. Sound like Jesus was trying to duck and dodge his purpose. He's in the flesh. Because he's like, wait a minute. I don't know if I want to die for Reggie now. I don't know if I want to die for them people at Kingdom. He was like, wait a minute. Can this hour pass me by? Listen, I did not want to be in this hour that I'm in right now. I didn't want to be. I didn't wake up one day and say, I want to be a pastor. Like, that's cute. That means I got to be more disciplined. I got to be committed. That means I can't duck and dodge God if I wanted to. I didn't want to do this. But when you look at that 7 to 21 years in the penitentiary, that'll make you make some adjustments in your life. Can I get a witness up in here? All of a sudden, you start thinking about holiness. Holiness is what I long for. I, my wife says, sing. I ain't going to do that to y'all. I might lose all my members. I know what I'm called to do. <laughs> but here it is. Jesus is in Gethsemane. He, he's feeling this thing. He's feeling the weight of this crucifixion. He's feeling this thing. He's like, wait a minute. He's having second thoughts. Anybody been there before? You get saved and start having second thoughts. Come on, somebody. And then he's, he's, he's having second thoughts about him, you know, doing this. But go, go, go to the next. So he, he went a little further. He fell on the ground and he prayed that, that if, if we're possible, 
the hour might pass. And Lord, I need you to change my hour. I don't want to go into this hour where I actually die and have to fill these, these, these crown of thorns in my head. And I start bleeding and they pierce me in the side and they put these nails in my feet and my hands. I don't know. Is, is it possible that we can go another way about this? That this hour might pass. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. He even saying, God, you can kind of alter this situation. Come up with another plan. Come on, this is Jesus ducking and dodging his hour. Then he said, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me. I don't want to have to drink from this cup. My God, come on, who would have wanted that assignment? Who would have wanted Jesus' assignment? Who would have wanted Martin Luther King's assignment? When I hear people say, I wish I could have been like Martin Luther King. No, I don't. He got a chance to see where we was going, but he never got a chance to seize it. I didn't seen it and seized it. And sitting in it. Shoot, wasn't that his dream? To see blacks and whites come together? If he came to this church, he would be blown away. He would get a chance to get a glimpse of his dream. Come on, in the 21st century, a black pastor with white members and Hispanic members? Come on, man. Take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. Oh, but then he gets in the spirit. He said, nevertheless. Anybody ever had to say nevertheless? Come on, some of you been in bad relationships and you wanted to kill that joker, but you were like, nevertheless. He cheated on me again, I'm gonna kill him. Nevertheless. Come on. Oh, y'all didn't got quiet up on me. Y'all looking straight. Just this. Because <laughs> you ain't told your spouse everything. Come on, somebody. You just sitting cute and everybody has had to say nevertheless. Come on, there's been times I wanted to cuss my wife out. I had to be like, nevertheless, can I just get a, a sandwich with no static? Come on, somebody. Where's my men at? Can I just get a sandwich? Come on, somebody. I don't want no static. I just had a long day at work. I, I'm providing for you. I'm protecting you. Can I, can I? I don't need to hear that right now. Oh, uh, y'all ain't ready for me this morning. See, 11.30, sir, they'd be like, Pastor, that's what I'm talking about. You know, Pookie and Ray Ray go to 11.30. Like, Pastor, you are preaching. Tell her. Tell him. Because I'm about to kill him, Pastor. But I got a nevertheless in my spirit. Because I see potential in him. So I see potential in her. So I'm not going to kill her today. Come on, somebody. Somebody scream, nevertheless. He said, nevertheless, not what I will. Because my will is I want to duck and dodge what you call me to do. Not what I will, but he says, but what you will. Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do even though I don't want to do it fully. Because I know it's going to cost me my life. You know what? I'm sick of folk that won't resurrection without going through a crucifixion. Yeah, we know he de his death, there was a burial, there was a resurrection, but we got people, see, you ain't ready to go to your next level until you get ready to get lied on. Until somebody sue your behind. 
I'll never forget the first time we got sued as a church because somebody decided that they wanted to put some water on the floor and act like they slipped in it. Oh, but thank God one of the church mothers saw the whole thing. I told my lawyer, I said, I don't care how much money I got to spend. We're going to win this one. I got a witness. Oh, we won that one. That one. Because <laughs> Numbers 32, 23 says, your sin shall surely find you out. Con artist. I really had to have a nevertheless. Because see, me and my wife saw her again, and my wife spoke to her. I said, I got to go the other way. I ain't ready. Because I got all kind of mother fathers for her. I want to be like, what in the ham and the cheese? We're the church that we're the church that paid your electric bill. We're the church that paid your mortgage. We're the church that when your five kids wouldn't come together and pay your $189 for your medication, the church did it. Now you want to. Thank you. See, my mind's somewhere else. The woman of God said, nevertheless. And we just put her over to single mom. She see, thank you, woman of God. I multitude of counsel. Their safety, Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14. Thank you, woman of God. She said, nevertheless. Because hadn't there been some people in your life you didn't want to say nevertheless to? You wanted to give them a piece of your mind. Oh, but then you got to be sheep. Shaka, come on, somebody. Shit about a Honda. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Put my text back up because of time. Abba Father, all things are possible. Let take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Next verse. Then, then he came and he found them sleeping. He said to Peter, Simon, are y'all sleeping? Well, you better be careful of people you got around you that'll go to sleep on you. They're supposed to be watching and praying. They sleep. Could you not watch for one hour? But I'm, I'm going to stop right here. My whole point bringing this text up is that in order for you to win in life is that you got to be focused. Jesus was in his own personal Gethsemane. But the one thing I love about it, even though he was going back and forth between his will and God's will, he stayed focused. There are going to be times where you're going back between your will and God's will. But my, 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 what I want to share with you is that when you find yourself in that kind of season, that kind of hour, make sure you stay focused. Because you're going to go through personal Gethsemanes where you're going to feel the weight of life. You're going to feel the pressure of your career. You're going to feel the weight of your children. Come on, somebody. You're going to feel a weight that comes in the marriage. Come on, somebody. But that's where you have to stay focused. Look at your neighbor and say, stay focused, stay focused. Because I believe that God's getting ready to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, more than you can even imagine or even think. But the key is that you have to stay focused. Mm -hmm. Stay focused. Focus, focus. Don't act out of character. Stay focused. Don't have a nervous breakdown. Stay focused. Don't write yourself off. Stay focused. Remember, I was preaching a couple of weeks ago, and Jehoshaphat, he put the people on the fast, and they begin to pray. And then around 2 Chronicles chapter 20, around the 12th or 13th verse, he says, I know we're outnumbered, but he said, but Lord, my eyes 
are on you. In other words, even though we're outnumbered, God, our eyes are on you. In other words, God, we are not going to lose our focus because we know you got this. How many of you believe that in this building? You might have more bills than money. Come on, somebody. But I dare you to stay focused and begin to declare that Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of my need. Has he been supplying all your need? You might not got your wants, but my God in heaven, we need to give God a praise in this place that he's met all your need. Somebody give God a praise in this place. High five two or three people and tell them stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. Pastor, you don't understand. I just lost my job yesterday. Stay focused. Pastor, you don't even understand. I raised my child in, in the children's ministry and they didn't lost their mind. I got a word for you. Stay focused. Pastor, you don't even understand. I tried to get up this morning and my transmission went out. Stay focused. Somebody give God a focus praise. Hallelujah. I'm going through hell, Pastor. I got a word for you. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. Hallelujah. Seems like I'm losing in life, Pastor. Stay focused. Boy, gotta turn that thing around. He'll bless you to the point to make your head swim. Shoot, all God is saying is, it's on you. Work your faith. Stay focused. You coming out your Gethsemane, that place of pressure. You coming out with a nevertheless in your spirit. Saying, yes, Lord. You're going to change my hour, God. Matter of fact, I'm going to help you change it. I'm going to do my part. So you'll do his. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, y'all didn't call it at 9.30. I got one more point left. We done. Stay focused. Work your faith. It's on you. Look at somebody say, it's on you. It's on you. Do your part. God will do his. Now go to Acts uh, 13 and we done. Go to Acts 13. Mm -hmm. I got a word for you too. The team that's going to win today as the team that's focused. I remember last year, or maybe last year or the year before, I broke it down. I said, whoever has the best communication is going to win the Super Bowl. And I'll never forget the first play of that Super Bowl. It was either last year or the year prior. First play of the game, the quarterback looked this way. And he was in shotgun trying to change the play, and the center hiked the ball over his head. And they never recovered. I think that was the Denver Broncos and the Seahawks back then. They never recover from that because communication is huge. You know why people get in divorce? Because of lack of communication. Why do people even get in fights at work? It's a lack of communication a lot of times. People want to jump over counters when they just could have sat down and had a conversation. Can I get a witness up in here? Listen, when me and my wife, we hit a wall in our marriage, listen, we are not going to bed until we get it out on the table. We're going to make sure we cross every T and dot every I because I'm not coming up before y'all being some hypocrite. My marriage is shot and I'm talking about to you, Jesus is Lord. 
Marriage, so I don't even know how to raise my kids. I'm trying to tell you how to raise yours and mine crazy. Come on. Because we know none of our kids are perfect, but my God in heaven, you living in my house, you're going to be giving a perfect effort though. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and I don't believe in putting kids in a headlock either. I remember uh, my daughters, they're 20 and 22 now, but I remember when they were in high school, I used to let them go to the parties and I would tell them, listen, two things, don't disrespect God and don't disrespect my name. You understand what I'm saying? And my, my, my pastor friends would tell me, man, we heard that you let your kids go to parties and all that stuff. And I said, yeah, they's like, I don't let my kids do none of that. So does that make you more spiritual than me? Oh, but then my buddy started sending their kids off to USC and Stanford and Grambling, and they was all coming back first semester pregnant. Because you had them in a headlock in high school. They go to college and went crazy. Well, my wife talking about meat the last service? I'm going to be nice this morning. Because I could go somewhere with that. Because they wasn't chasing steak meat. Come on, somebody. Oh, I'm going to go there. They lost their focus. Come on, somebody. You're supposed to be focused on that book. But because you never let them taste the world a little bit, they went off to college and lost their mind. Mm-hmm. You stop trying to be people's holy ghosts. Philippians 2.12 says, work out your own salvation. They 20 and 22. I can't work out their salvation for them anymore. Now they was two and four. Different story. I was their Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. <laughs> now you of, you of age. It's on you now. Um, work your faith. You want God to move in your life, you stay focused. It's on you. Mm-hmm. Acts 13, 36. For David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and saw corruption, but he whom God raised up saw no corruption. But in an interesting, before he went to sleep, he served his own generation. My last point is this, that it's on you to finish strong. It's on you to work your faith. It's on you to stay focused. It's on you to finish strong. David did some questionable things. Can I get a witness? You have done some questionable things. Can I get another witness? Somebody scream, but God. But one thing David did is he still served his generation. Uh -huh, his own generation, which lets me know he took ownership. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned. Come short of God's glory. I know David heard those words, well done. My good and faithful servant. Why? Because he served his generation. It's not how you start. There they go again. It's not. I'm going to have to pray for them at the service. But. <laughs> now I feel like I'm at a hotel. 
Now they have music in the lobby. <laughs> but <laughs> my God in heaven, where was I at? Serve your generation. <laughs> Finish strong. Come on, somebody. It's on you to work your faith. It's on you to stay focused. It's on you to finish strong. Let's be like David before we go to sleep. We're going to finish strong. I got anybody know you anointed, appointed, and been approved by God to finish strong. If I got any finishers in the house, we need to give God a 30 second place in this place. Don't tell five people you're anointed to finish. You are anointed to finish. I don't care how it looks. God has anointed you to finish. 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 Do I have any finishers in the house? You've done some questionable things. But look at you. You made up in your mind. I'm going to finish strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. Seal it in our hearts today. Seal it in our minds. Lord, we thank you that you spoke to us today. and You let it be known that it's on us. It was on that woman with the issue of blood, with the flow of blood to get into the crowd. It was on these two blind men to follow you, even though they were blind. They heard you. They, were, they couldn't see, but they heard you. And you even said it was according to their faith that you moved in their predicament. Not only that, God, even Jesus, God in the flesh, was in his Gethsemane. But he stayed focused. Even though he was going back and forth in his flesh and his spirit, he, he stayed focused. He said, nevertheless, not my will. And Lord, we thank you. That even David, even though he did questionable things, just like all of us in this room have, he still served his generation. And then he fell asleep. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that he didn't start all, out all that great, but he finished strong. And I speak that over this 930 service, that we will finish strong. Anoint us. Help us, God, to finish strong. Maybe you're in this 930 service. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ.